0: The Last Standy, a board game podcast coming to you from four countries across Europe. I'm joined here today by Alexis.
1: Hi, happy holiday.
0: Alessio. Hey, everyone, hello, hi. Audrey. Hey. And I'm your host, Fenn. And David is unfortunately unavailable today for this uh, the last recording of 2020, so he's not here to say goodbye to this terrible year. We're going to be talking about, um, well, just two topics today, but a lot of games, I imagine. That's going to be games you play over the holidays, those with family or friends, even though, at the moment, it can be difficult to manage that. Uh, but we'll start with seeing how everyone's doing in the podcast and what you've been up to. So um, Audrey, I, I hear you've had packages arrive.
2: Yeah. Uh, with my move, I had to switch all my addresses. so. I'm still a bit not sure about some, but uh, the first one that I got here, that I made the switch for, uh, arrived yesterday. And it's the Wave 2 of the Black Rose Worlds Kickstarter. So it's a board game where you play mages in a fantasy renaissance uh, setting. And you go around in rooms, and you, make, you cast spells to invoke creatures, and you fight the other mages, basically. And there's one element, which is a black rose, which is a kind of AI. And you are all fighting against it because everyone can score points. But the rose can also score points. So the rose can win at the end. So, right? it's loaded with so many miniatures. Uh, a lot of them are, I would say, moderate to high PVC quality. And yeah, there's still some stuff to unpack.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. Alessia, what have you been up to?
3: Well, not a lot, actually, because uh, this is end of the year, so I am actually overworked because uh, all projects for a pro- computer programmer go on deadline by the December first. <laughs> so basically, it's just work, work, work. Anyway, uh, I managed to make a couple of plays to, at Pax Pamir 2nd Edition, so that's my gaming schedule for a while.
0: Uh-huh. All right, then, Alexis? Uh, on
1: my end, I finally finished um, Veins of the Earth from um, the seventh continent. Uh, it's, I think, one of the best Curses, but the um, it doesn't really use the, the rest of the map that the, the other curse uses. Um, but I, I had a lot of fun with it, but I specifically finished it because I just received Wave 2 of a Tainted Grail, which I'll probably ta- talk about in another episode. Um, because I'm currently finally finishing the the first campaign too. Uh, I've put it aside for a little while and now I'm, I'm back on it. Uh, and then I'm looking forward to try the tree uh, expansion campaign that I just received, even though I haven't finished my uh, first one yet. So um, lots of fun though, uh, enjoying myself a lot with it. And uh, what about you, Fan?
2: While I wait for the French version, <laughs>
1: <laughs> you you will have to wait a little bit longer, I, I'm
0: afraid. What about you? Um, oh, I I've uh, mostly been working on a bunch of non-board game related projects and things, although. Um, there's always development and stuff going on in the background that, that one has to do. But uh, I I managed to snag one of the late last copies of Eclipse Second Edition. Ooh. Yeah, uh, early around around here here, so they're all sold out again now. And um, I've only really had a chance to play that on tabletop simulator because getting six people together at the moment under the restrictions of the uh, region is uh, not going to happen. But um, yeah, you can only play Pandemic right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a, certainly. Yeah, but um, i got to say, it's a huge improvement over the first eclipse, which I did not like very much. But the second one, brilliant and just phenomenally well packed. Well, what we're going to talk about today is um, at the back end of the episode, we're going to talk about the, the Kingdom Death update um, that came out for Black Friday. Um, but before then, we're going to have a bit of a chat and a discussion about games you play at the holidays, and I'm going to spring it on you guys. I went off and I found a couple of sites which have listed some games, and I can imagine this is going to quite often be a bit of, oh, I've not heard of this, but I'm going to walk through these lists and see if, like, any, you've heard any of these at all. Sure. Some of them, some are familiar, some of them aren't. So um, first of all, I went to the Telegraph, which is a, a UK paper, usually I prefer to go to the Guardian, but the Guardian stopped doing this since 2018 for some reason. So
1: oh, actually, I'm just going to plug something yep. here. Um, I I don't know if the article is out yet, but my little sister just wrote an article on a board game that uh, we can play during the pandemic mm. with uh, two or three people. If any of our listeners uh, speaks French, I'll definitely try to uh, add a link to the show notes or to or Discord.
0: Mm. Yeah, that would be great. And who knows if they pop up in the list or not. Um, okay, so this is the the telegraphs list. The first one's called Herd Mentality. And this seems to be one of these party games, um, you know, with like... Questions and cards and things. Apparently, the most obvious answer wins. Um, Never heard of it. I haven't either. It looks cute. It's got a box which is uh, patterned like a cow. You've got to write like, write the answers to the questions down, and the majority. Uh, if if the if if you give the majority answer, you win because you're within the herd. And if you're not with the herd, you get stuck with this pink cow that apparently indicates. Uh, that you're destined to lose or something.
1: We know that if a game looks cute, it's winning you over already.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's got the good little pen that you keep the pink cow in and everything. Um, but uh, I hadn't heard of that one before, so I couldn't say how it plays. But apparently it goes up to 20 players, which seems a bit reckless in this uh, day and age. I'm sure that the 20 players playing Herd Mentality. Oh, package. <laughs> then... Oh, package. Yeah, they were <laughs> nice.
3: Sure. That was completely unexpected.
0: <laughs> Coming the,
3: out um, of
1: nowhere.
0: Yeah. The, the next one is Throw, Throw Burrito, which I have seen. It keeps cropping up. It's from the guys who made Exploding Kittens.
1: Yeah, I've I've oh, heard okay. that one, yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah so have either of you played that or do you have any idea of
1: um, what it's like? It's... I've not played it. I've played um Exploding Kitten a little bit, which is like, um
0: mm-hmm.
1: I think, a more fun, you know.
0: I've seen it on the shelves a few times and I've sort of looked at it and be like, ooh. What is it, up to six players and apparently it's dodgeball meets card play with very super soft burritos that you throw at each other so
3: what? yeah it, it is an uh it is it was launched this year i think that it uh, i saw the announcement because i follow the blog of, of matt iman the guy from exploding Kitten, so yes
0: the next one i have never heard of ever um, I haven't even, I think, heard of the company does this. It's called Taco Cat Goat Cheese Pizza.
1: That does sound like a very party game it again. Does,
0: it does. Apparently, it's a, it plays a bit like Snap, but you have to match the image on the card with a spoken word. Uh, put, put the card in the draw pile and say Taco Cat Goat Cheese Pizza in the sequence. Ooh. So it seems like it's one of those silly kind of fun, play it fast, um, slightly better than Snap games.
1: That reminds me a bit of um, Anomia, if you ever played that. I haven't, no. Yeah, it's a very fun game where you have a card with like a symbol and a color on it and a name and everybody uh, is given cards. And whenever there's a match, you have to say what's on the... um, Say something in the in the category mm-hmm. of the the other people's card, and then you get that card if you if you do it. So for <laughs> example, if if someone has Montaigne, you have to say like the quickly
3: Montaigne.
1: It's very fun, and uh, it creates some some nice situation in in between people, and a very fun party game too.
3: I'm back. Oh, everyone, everything okay? Got your package? Yeah. So those
0: are the ones on that list I thought they were interesting. There was like more listed there, listed there, but then this other list, I think is a little more. Uh, we, we won't go into details on what each one's like, but if anyone's played any of these and I have played some of these ones, we can briefly talk about them. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I, so one thing that I wanted to ask you before the package arrived mm-hmm. was these lists and articles were are like what games you could uh, play uh, during the holidays, or which games you could gift for the holidays. Because in France, whenever any uh, newspaper makes this kind of article, it's always Monopoly.
0: Oh, yes. Monopoly did appear on the previous list, quite low down, but yeah.
3: (laughs) (laughs) And Risk. Don't forget Risk.
0: Yeah, Risk risk didn't appear there.
1: What game to play if you want to have less friends?
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Then there's Fog of Love, which I think is a good shout, because the couples...
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I know Fog of Love. Uh, I've not played it, but
0: I have uh, I have a couple of friends who, who have it. Um, I thought it's very good. It is. Yeah, I, I own it, Um, and we play it here. Uh, It is very much like a blend between a board game and a role-playing game, like, sadly, in that line. So if you're uncomfortable in expanding on the story narrative a bit, it can be... Um, a bit sort of awkward, but as it's just two players and you know usually played by couples, uh, it should be something you can kind of click with. It's gorgeous, beautiful, and nicely done in that you learn the rules as you go along and the game adds more elements and becomes more complex. And eventually you can have some very fun stuff like even returning characters from pre- previous sessions make an appearance. So oh, nice. I, I really do recommend that like for two players. I think it's fantastic. Uh, the next one, I think, most of us are familiar with which is wingspan yeah wingspan
3: is a, oh a the, the birds game. game yes yeah birds game uh, it, it won all uh all categories of last year about Gang geek awards i, yeah. I think uh, it missed just the best podcast
0: <laughs>
3: so that's room for us yeah
0: i i think i go as far as to say um my only downside on Wingspan is uh, for us over here, you have to buy the European expansion to get like lots of birds you recognise. <laughs> I played this with um, with, with family, and um, some family members are very like ardent bird watchers, and they were disappointed that they were a baseline American yeah,
4: birds. Yeah, I and can, like. But if they send imagine. over here
0: in Europe, you know, over here in Europe, could you not put the European birds in for the European copies and let us buy the American ones as the expansion? But
3: yeah. yeah, there's actually a balancing problem there. Uh, <laughs> the, the American birds are actually uh, super, super good. So the European expansion was also a rebalancing because the uh, the original setup had a lot of birds who changed the... Uh, I don't know they can change habitat. Switching habitat is very powerful and there were plenty of those uh, and there was a lot of padding in the
1: American version. Hmm. I see. Nice. Uh, I I've played a bit of it, especially the the online the the computer version. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm more uh, into Race for the Galaxy. I think that it's streamlined, more streamlined, and uh, a lot more fun to to get into the tactical yeah. mindset of it.
0: I agree. I agree. Within the tableau builders, I think Race for the Galaxy is very good. San Juan is the best of the accessible ones, in my opinion. Which uh, which one? San Juan. Um, oh yeah yeah you know the puerto rico themed race for the galaxy basically the thing that came before race and uh, i think glory to rome is by far and away my favorite of the tableau builders um okay well next all we got tiny towns which i own and i can thoroughly recommend uh so for those who are not familiar with it um you get a little 16 by 16 grid uh you have a bunch of cards in play in front that every in front of everyone, the same cards, they show where you're going to put resources on your grid and then you get to convert those resources into a building in one of the spaces where you placed the resources previously. It's very much like kind of constructing Tetris pieces onto your grid and then shrinking them down and trying to get the highest number of points. Um, The real, uh, like, crunchy bit that gets you, though, is whenever somebody picks a resource for their turn, everybody gets that resource. So you have to do the best you can with whatever people are picking and trying, to have space to be flexible.
1: Yeah, it, if I if I remember correctly, uh, it's also something that you have in uh, in Agricola and in, mm. uh, Caverna, and I, <laughs> I think it's it's probably the most interesting part of the, those games, where you have to think about the other player's
3: um, economy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's what made uh, Puerto Rico good.
2: I am so bad at these games. I am <laughs> just so bad because I look at my stuff and I look at the other stuff and I just have no idea what they're trying to do.
1: Like, like a lot of those games... Um... I I think that it's universal, but my mom just plays them, does not understand the rules and still wins. And I'm (laughs) pretty sure that most moms do that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That is a mom
3: thing. That's a mom thing. Yes, definitely. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah, (laughs) And get very flustered and get very upset and be like, I don't understand anything that's going on. I'm not having a good time. I've got the highest score. What? Yeah, yeah. While winning. I, I actually exactly. now I'm describing the last the last game of Wingspan we played. Well, that was actually the result. There. Um, so yeah. I, well, anyway, Tiny Towns, one to six players scales well. And I will say, you while you do have to pay attention to what other people are doing if you want to do really really well, you can just manage by just getting whatever resource they're picking each turn and doing the best you can. So yeah, and it's not too expensive either. It's a reasonably priced game for what you get. Uh, next of all, they got Dead of Winter. Mm. Oh, I mm. played this one. Yeah, yeah. No. I think we've all played this yeah. one, haven't we? Yeah.
2: Yeah. I was in Italy and I was just barely starting to read Italian, and so I had to read the cards, and I could read them, <laughs> but I had no idea what the words that came out of my mouth meant. <laughs> it was You're... stupid.
1: That that game kind of sticks out in uh, next to uh, to the other ones, right? or is it just me
0: bit of an odd one to have in here but uh i mean they're saying because it's got a, a lot of evocative theme and play great production quality and everyone plays differently every time so it's more and they're saying for more for like an older group of people over christmas i feel it lands around um uh Battlestar galactica and yeah exactly camelot and and so on where it's it's a bit more weighty but yeah it's uh it is a good game, but I don't know if I'll be playing it at Christmas with the family.
1: Yeah, exactly. A game that I want to play with my family has to be a game that I can explain in 10 minutes and that we can play within an hour, an hour and a half.
0: Yeah. Th- this one pretty much ticks the boxes, and this next one coming, which is Men at Work. And this is a kind of game which um, you can play with younger kids because they have an advantage because it's a dexterity-based game. Oh, nice. It's... um. You are b- building a construction site. Uh, you got to place girders and workers on a bunch of different platforms, and it ends up looking a bit like, um, uh, you know, like what's the name of the game with the tube where you pull the pins out and the marbles fall down? It ends up looking like like a mess like that. Mm. Kaplunk, it's called. Um, yeah, but it, it ends up looking like a mess of sticks and and things, and it's it's close to collapsing. So it's a bit like a more colourful fancy version of Jenga I think even in reverse. Um oh it, it, i it I actually like the look of that one. I enjoy games like that. Um then we have Flam Rouge.
1: If you like dexterity best game I will have a great recommendation. Uh
0: then we've got one which uh, we have played here which was Jaws. Oh, oh yeah. a great
1: recommendation. Yeah. Uh we'll probably yeah. talk about it in uh, another episode.
0: Yeah we are we are going to talk about this in the future. We're going to hopefully get us all together to play it before we do well. Um, three of, four of us, because it only goes to five uh, four players and there's five of us normally, but uh, yeah, so Jaws, I can already say is really good. Very enjoyable. Um, Still have to play. Same. Yep, yep, we're going to sort it out, don't worry. We will do, I promise. Until then, you can just think about who wants to be the shark. <laughs>
2: oh, I think I will want to be the shark. <laughs>
0: Uh, then we got Mysterium, which is always oh. a hit. Oh. Yeah, I, I
2: gifted it to my mom because mm-hmm. she liked uh, Dixit from my, that my sister has, and we never got to play it.
3: Oh, that's a shame. Yeah, I still have to play a friend of mine as it. It is uh, ex- uh, absolutely gorgeous to, like, to look at uh, uh, anyway. It's mm. very beautiful. It's a very high production value.
0: Yeah it looks good the art is gorgeous it plays nicely and it lands it's a lot of fun to be the ghost and a lot of frustration simultaneously that joy that everyone talks about where you hand somebody a couple of cards and they fixate on the wrong thing entirely like the color and you're like no i mean the hats the hat and you can't say anything and then you try to give them another card later on with just a hat and they look and they go oh look these two previous were green and this was now yellow so it must be to do with this and you're like no there's a hat on it can't you see the hat or or you put down something because you thought that
1: it was uh, something completely different like thinking that it was a, a, a car instead of a boat or
0: something oh yeah yeah or, or do you put a card down and they look and they go, oh, that's obviously this, and you're like, oh god, yeah, it's obviously that, it's obviously that. But I didn't, I didn't think it was. I didn't see that. <laughs> um, then we got the old classic, Survive: Escape from Atlantis, which was, of course, yeah, been around a long good. time. Yeah, it's surprising how good it is considering its age. Like it's, it's an old game. I
3: mean, yeah, th- that's actually part of its charm because. Uh, Everyone can grasp the mechanics. It works very fun. It puts you on a timer. It's very good.
0: Yeah, it's quite a nice tactile experience as well. 1982, that's where it's from. That's a very oh. old game.
2: But that's older than me. Mm.
3: Yeah, that's, uh, that's incredible. You, you are younger than that.
2: I'm 89.
3: Oh. And
2: Alexis is even younger.
3: <laughs> that's, a, that's, that's very old as me. Awesome.
0: Shame. Yeah. <laughs> it's the version they got here. I think is more modern. I recall the version that my grandfather had, which had all plastic pieces that you took off the board, um, like plastic island pieces and and green plastic sea monsters. Yeah, um, very tactile experience. A lot of fun. Yeah,
1: I think that's. I had one. Like in the nineties or something, when I when I grew up,
3: my cousin had it, so we played it uh, when uh, we were together on Christmas and on holidays. So that's actually a very good uh, game for holidays. Uh,
0: then we got Splendor, which keeps coming up on the lists, and I mean to to pl- pick it up, but I don't like it. You no, know? tell us why. Or shall uh, I, I describe it first? It's meant to be a, yeah. a... Well, no, you describe it, actually. You describe it and then tell us why you don't like it. Uh,
2: uh, well, I don't remember I, I, everything, but I remember there are jewels cards, and there are numbers of them, and you have to pick... There is a kind of draft, but it's. it feels like a draft, but it's not a real draft. And... I, I mean, that's, be, that's going to sound stupid, as I said earlier, that when there is player interaction, I don't see it. But there, there is literally none. Or, or I felt like there was none. And I felt that it was missing. But if it was there, I would not have seen it. So I don't, just don't know what to do with this game. I played it at a convention I, uh, five years ago, I think.
1: And, uh, it, yeah. It's a kind of a deck building game, right?
3: Uh, uh, a little bit I, like
1: Dominion, right?
3: Yeah, uh, actually, you can buy cards in Splendor if I if I remember correctly. Because I have no direct experience uh, in that, I, I was just curious, and one day I documented because it is considered a very good entry game. It is recur- it is a recurring entry on BGG and on a lot of board games subreddits. Next of all, we got
0: one I've never heard of, but I really like the look of. In fact, I am really quickly going to like just push this image so you can see this for, for everyone else. If at home, you should Google this. I was going to talk about wavelength.
3: Oh, later, the, the, where were you? I, I, yes. You then, oh then yeah. you, Go ahead. You no, no, take over. No, no. Here's
0: wavelength.
1: Wavelength might be hard to describe without an actual picture, so I'd invite our listener to Google it quickly. Basically, one player receives a prompt containing two opposites, uh, hot and cold, or good game and bad game, as well as a dial that points somewhere in between those opposites. You then have to give a hint that fits your prompt, for example, lava, if your dial points to the hot extreme, uh, and your team tries to guess where the dial uh, points to. The beauty of the game is its physicality. The dials clicks and clacks perfectly, which elevates it and gives it that game show feels. Uh, And it's very fun to to try and um, understand the the brain of other people. Uh, I've played this game with family. Um, When I played with my cousin, we were unable to get any points. When I play with my sister, we uh, constantly got either five or four (laughs) because
3: we understand each other uh, very fun that game is Dixit for engineers
1: um yeah a, a little bit um it, w- what I love is that there's a lot of cards and some of them can be really hard so for example one of the the one that we had was like uh, underrated movie and overrated movie and like overrated movie is extremely oh! easy underrated movie is really hard um, there, there's, um there's a lot of uh, really cool uh, opinion based. <laughs> ones that i really like i'll buy it
0: sounds like a fun game um right um there we got the
3: quest for eldorado which apparently is another racing board game that's actually a very nice twist on a deck building game it's basically a deck building game where all players begin with the same deck and you can uh move, the the goal of the game is to complete a race to the door of El Dorado, and you can either buy cards or spend cards from your hand uh, to get points to move. And uh, it is very simple, as in all Knizia games you basically end up with wanting to do more than you can actually do, and it works because it's very fast. It feels like race. There are multiple paths to victory. And it's so easy to be played that actually my six-year-old kid is very good at it. Nice.
0: Nice. And, um, and then we got our our obligatory Ticket to Ride cropping up um, in the top five. And I, I'm going to say this is this is the one I would pick myself, which is Ticket to Ride New York which is the shortest. It only covers up to four players, but I'll be honest, I do not want to play Ticket to Ride with five or six players because it, it wears out its welcome.
2: I think I only played USA. And yeah. Yeah, there are some points where it, as soon as you get over three people, it's just impossible.
0: Yeah. Well, if I was going to rank them, I'd put USA at the bottom. Like, I'm not going to play USA under any circumstances. Yeah. It, um, Europe, life. I quite like. Um uh, Nordic counties I quite like as well. I really enjoyed Switzerland, which is a two, three player specific map. But this, Ticket to Ride New, New York, I think was just been the best of them. You're done in 15, 20 minutes. You get all of the experience of Ticket to Ride. And you're like, oh, well, let's just have another one. Let's play best of three, which is pretty cool. Uh, speaking of which, the entry level um, cooperative game turns up next, which has already been mentioned once today. Pandemic. Pandemic. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. perfect timing uh, mm-hmm. very appropriate um, it's just just a good game when it comes to being not too complex but easily able to overwhelm you when you're playing not like mechanically with the rules or this is too much but like oh, this situation we we can't deal with it anymore um, it's uh, it keeps the Difficulty on a knife edge.
1: Yeah, I would, uh, I would definitely more um, recommend *Pandemic Legacy*. I think that it uh, managed to make that uh, that knife edge play into a, a story, which is very interesting. Like you are able to win despite having really harsh odds, and then the game offers you a bigger challenge, and you man- manage to keep escalating so that you constantly ride that high. Uh, it's very well thought out.
0: Indeed. I think uh,
2: overall Pandemic is a very good first co-op game because yeah. you don't have many different things that the players can do, so you can discuss between each other without being parasited by too many things and abilities and stuff.
3: That's always if it's your cup of tea. Actually, as a programmer, I love to have global knowledge of a uh, game state, and I like to to uh, foresee uh, the future outcome and the uh, future updates of the game state. But I I actually understand that that uh, it's not everyone's cup of tea because you have to account for a lot of stuff.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I imagine we will probably talk about pandemic in length at some point. Next of all, one of my already always recommend if somebody says, what can I have that's two player, is Jaipur, which is just
3: what Splendor for two players?
0: Oh, Splendor for two players? Well, then sign me up for Splendor, I guess, because I love Japer. I I think it's fantastic.
3: I uh, I actually don't know a lot about a lot about Splendor, but a lot of people who love Japer actually like end up liking Splendor. So I think they are basically the same kind of game i think it's still commerce and you have to build stuff and get two points before someone else right
0: mm, yeah it's um uh, basically kind of like a set collecting game collecting a color but you'll have that whole uh risk of and reward of am i getting the more i sink into a color the more i play of it the more i get for doing that and i get bonuses for dropping larger amounts um depending on the type but also then you get a nice little bit of um if you're quick and you get in early then there's you get a chance to get the better bonus tokens early on so the games always feel very tight and you play over three rounds um and the box is tiny it goes absolutely anywhere it's uh it's a thorough recommendation for me, this one. And just to wrap up this list before we start talking about our own picks for Christmas and our own Christmas uh, stories or holiday stories and everything is the number one. Um, this is a, a big thumbs down for me, I'm afraid. I bought this game. I sold this game. I bought this game. I sold this game. But my friends love it. And that's Cosmic Encounter.
1: Ooh, um I actually like Cosmic Encounter. It's the, the one where the rules change with every game, right?
0: Yes, yeah. it, it is. Yeah, you know, All the rules change based on what races people are playing. And I just find it, I don't know, it's never engaged with me, but everybody else I played it with always loved it. <laughs> it was only me who had a miserable time.
2: I never tried it.
0: So to explain this quickly, Cosmic Encounter is a lot
1: like Risk, uh, except that every player plays a different race of alien with different power that completely breaks the game so for example one of them will uh, win the encounters they'll lose or they can force player to fight alongside themselves or if you have um, or they might have their own winning condition um, the game balances itself allowing multiple players to win at the same times so there's a lot of alliance play that goes around during the game and it makes it very fun. I wouldn't play it at, um, at a party with, with family though, I would want to have some people that uh, enjoy board game at least a little bit more, uh, because they, they can be like, um, you know, they, they, it can be a little bit complicated,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and, yeah, it can. and it can also last for like a good two hours, which would be, uh, would be too much for a family dinner, I feel.
0: That's one of the things I really wish it had was just an inbuilt clock of like, okay, call cool time, and at this point, this is the winner. Well, like I said, like my my friends adore it and mm-hmm. love it, and I'm just like, oh well, you guys go have fun, because I've never enjoyed a game of it. I just sit there, amused, bewildered, and a bit frustrated. But then again, you no, know, not every game's for every person. Yeah. Yeah. So. Anyway, uh. Speaking of uh, personal uh, enjoyment, let's talk about the games that we like to play over the holidays, the stuff we play with our family when we can, or perhaps friends. Perhaps we're having to play them over tabletop simulator or their own um, proprietary uh, get programs this year. But uh, let's give it a go. Who'd like to go first?
3: Oh, I have one, which is uh, very Christmassy. <laughs> So basically I have the tradition of playing cows in the Old World with uh, two of my old fellow uh, colleagues from university and my brother because basically it is an old game but the Italian print of the... Of chaos in the hard world is uh, actually didn't go out of print for a lot of time. So I snatched a copy and gifted it to my brother. And since then, we play it on the on Christmas. Actually, when it's Christmas, the day after or Saint Stephen's. I don't know if other other countries uh, celebrate that day.
2: Nothing like skulls for the gods for the god of skulls on Christmas.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Blood for the Blood God and uh, skulls for his Throne of Skulls. So yeah, uh, basically it's not out Christmasy, but it is our Christmas tradition. You know, I played uh, I played Space Hulk with my brother uh, the day before I got married. So we are that kind of <laughs> Uh Actually, I lost both games. We ended up playing until three a.m.
1: I mean, if you are fun, have you hey, really Rich, lost?
2: That's
3: yeah, it was a win. The the, the the day after on the morning, I got married, so I lost on all, all the line. I was going no, to suggest, that,
2: but you couldn't be lucky in everything.
3: <laughs> yeah, of course, I, I actually wanted to delete this sentence, please delete it in after <laughs> in post-production because, before my wife hears it. <laughs> Luckily, it will be deleted for sure.
2: Of course, of course.
3: Always.
1: Hi, this is post-production Uh I tried to delete that line, but I was unable to edit it out. So um, sorry, Teclis.
3: So that's it. And since I have kids, I also play the aforementioned uh, Quest for El Dorado. so that's uh, our Christmas games, which are famous board games. Otherwise, we play cards.
2: Yeah, we, we play cards a lot in my family, the French game, uh, Bullet, yeah. where you play with a traditional 32, uh, is it 32? That, that is an incredible uh, deck of cards.
1: That is an incredibly uh, French game. <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah I, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, my grandparents used to play it, they taught us, and since then, it's, it's the thing that we've been playing. It plays fast, uh, it's something that all the family can play, and... In my family we are not a lot. I have a sister and basically that's it. Since so all my cousins have kids, we don't see them anymore. So it's me, uh, my parents, my sister, the boyfriends, and it's done. And yeah, there yep. are always four people saying, oh, I want to play Ballot and the others <laughs> the other two or three are like, Yeah, we'll watch. <laughs> it,
1: it's like bridge for French people. <laughs>
3: Actually, a lot of countries have the, their own traditional set of cards. For example, in Italy, uh, the traditional set of cards is from Naples and it's 40 cards. I, I think that's uh, 52 cards, the the French set, the yep. hearts, Clubs, Spades and Diamonds. Yep. 52. Yeah. 52.
2: Yeah, 52 and you make it 32 if you take out uh, everything from 2 to 6 included.
0: Yeah, just get rid of all the boring <laughs> numbers. Get out of here. And the ducks. I love the ducks. My, my favorite cards.
2: <laughs> well, th- That's the game that my grandmother will play. And uh, now that I'm father, I only see her at that time. So yeah, we, we want to do- spend time together. So It's a very fun game. With my parents, they like to play to Uh It's a kind of Gambit. It's somewhere between Gambit 7 and Herd. What was the name, right? Herd?
0: Herd uh, Mentality? You put me on the spot, yeah. The, the, mentality, that's the, the head mentality.
2: Hard mentality, yes, thank you, mentality. And uh key to double is a bit the, the, the same almost thing because you have to uh you have a question like how high is the tallest peak jump? How high is the highest peak jump, exactly. Oh. um and so every team will make guesses, write it on a uh piece of uh whiteboard And you put all the whiteboards together, and then you have to bet where you think the real answer is with uh, chips. And you put them together or on a board, and then depending on where the real answer is, you get the points or not. And the last question, you can bet all your points and then get no points if you uh, completely fail the question, or get double your points if you win the question, which is why the game is called Key to Double.
0: Yeah, I've um, I've played Gambit 7 a while ago at a convention. That was, But that was very enjoyable and good because everyone could sit in the groups that they were playing with and still take part in it. So it worked very well.
2: Yeah, that's the advantage with games with silly questions like high-high is the to- highest peak jump because no one knows.
0: I, to be brutally honest, if someone had told me that pigs could jump, I would be like, are you sure? Because I've, uh, I've I've, encountered a lot of pigs. My aunt owns a farm. I've never seen them jump. My They're guess would be like 40 it. centimeters?
2: No, no, no. It's 70. Wow. I just Googled it up. <laughs> <Okay>. It's 70. <laughs> yeah, so it's you, you learn stupid stuff.
1: <laughs> the more you know. On my end, yeah. a game that we often play at... Um, during a family uh, family gathering, it's called Rampage. Um, you have a little town made of um, cardboard uh, to make the buildings and meeples on those buildings. And each player plays um, as a kaiju. And what you do, yes, yes it's, it's really, really fun. Uh,
3: It's Rampage like the video
0: game? Somewhat. I used to own this. I had to sell it when I left the UK and moved because I didn't have space for it. It's really great. Wasn't
3: there a video game called Rampage? There was. It's
0: not like it, but it's a similar idea. It's a similar concept, but it's not the same um, IP.
3: Okay.
1: What you do is that you're going to, like, pinch out a a meeple to throw it against a building to try and destroy the building. You're going to uh, blow fire by... a um blowing onto the building to try and make it fall you're going to uh just move your uh move your Kaiju by uh, actually uh, pinching up a puck across the board and the point is to try and eat as many civilians as possible. It's a very tactile and, and fun game to play and what's very fun about it is that the whole family can play it it's uh it's really great.
2: Remember when I mentioned that convention where I played and don't remember Splendor? Uh, I think one or two years later, they did a real size rampage. People were wearing uh, dino pajamas, and they had to move around. And yeah, (laughs) apparently, it was lots of fun.
1: I can imagine.
0: Yeah. It's also known as Terror in Meeple City. Ooh, yeah. Rain. I imagine because of the problems with uh, the rampage got licensed to make a movie in Hollywood with The Rock.
3: Yeah, that's very possible. Yeah, that night. that one was based in the on the video game actually. Okay, okay. That was that was
1: yeah. Uh, I I would really recommend it. It's always a fun game to um to play together.
0: Yeah, just make sure you've got plenty of space around because it's definitely a standing game. It's not really for sitting.
2: And not yeah. a cat.
0: <laughs> well, a cat. cat would be amazing at it, really, but
3: they just wouldn't follow the rules. The biggest cage of all.
1: Um, the other game that we uh we often play is um, Sushi Go, which is uh, a, mm. a very very fun little party game. That's kind of like a. A deck builder i guess where you receive the it's a
0: drafting game yeah
1: it's a drafting game yeah that's a better uh you you receive the hand of card uh in which you're going to pick one and then hand your end of card to the next player and uh you do that until there's no more card in play uh and the, po- the point is that you're trying to build um Basically, families of sh- sushi. So you want to get all the maki's, or all of the tempura, or all of the. You, you just want to to get a certain number of points. And because of the the way the points are distributed, uh, you have to think a little bit if you want to try and um, block another player's um, block another player's uh, gameplay, or if you want to go for uh, a specific objective. It's um it's a lot of fun. It's very easy to to learn and very easy to play. Uh, yep. You do need at least four people if you want to have fun with. Uh, but I, Ooh. I would recommend uh, Sushi Go. We
0: play, we play it two-player. Oh, um, you you can play two-player. You can play with a dummy hand. You okay, can take cards out as well. But um, a particular interest, and in, uh, it, it's it's when you were talking about the interaction, the most sort of interesting part of that is when somebody takes a wasabi, which doesn't do anything by itself, but triples the yeah. next nigiri picked. And so the person sitting after you might look and go, well, I kind of want to get some more of this tempura to get myself to a triple set. But I could take this three-point nigiri that's worth three points for me, but it's worth
1: yeah. way more than that and, for you. And you also have a yeah. chopstick that allows you to uh, like exchange it for another card. So you take two cards on one of your turn. But yeah. if you end up with the chopstick, it's like negative points. Uh, or it's worth nothing? I don't remember. It's worth nothing. It's worth nothing. Yeah, but...
0: yeah. it's basically a way of saying I don't want to pick anything right now yeah. and skipping the go. But
1: you have to be careful about not ending up with uh, a bad yeah. card because of it.
0: Yes, absolutely. Um, I like the dynamic towards the end of of puddings not scoring until the very end of the game, and they score quite heavily. (laughs) Um, Alexis, I don't know if you've ever played it, but there is actually a a, a fun variant um, that we play, which is Sushi No, which is... Exactly the same mechanically, but you're trying to score the least amount of points. Oh, that must and be a lot of Just changing that, re- it becomes a bit of a head burner because it's quite difficult. All of a sudden, you're like, oh, I'll have some chopsticks or I'll get myself some wasabi. And then you're sitting there trying to avoid getting nigiri to put on it. And you're trying to get the least number of oh, yeah, yeah, I can,
1: I can imagine. You want the, the most diverse ends possible. Yeah. That's really good. Absolutely. I would love to. And like having the least amount of pudding. So ending up with a pudding is really bad in that mm. case. Oh, I like that.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's it's fun. And it, it, you think something as simple as, okay, you're not trying to score the highest number of points, you're trying to score the lowest, wouldn't change the game very right. much, but it really does. I,
1: I know what I will try uh, this Christmas then.
0: <laughs> yeah. What about you, Fan? Well, I was about to say, um, I, there's a number of games we play, but a lot of them come up on the list already. Um, Azul, uh, Mysterium, um, uh, Ticket to Ride. But one that hasn't been mentioned that we do enjoy playing, or two, I should say, I'm going to go quickly into. One of those, Power Grid, which I oh, would yeah. say is Monopoly, but not bad. That it is very much like a you know power monopolies about, and by now I think everyone should know what power grid is like. But for those who don't, essentially you run a power company. You buy different power stations of various uh, different material types: coal, gas, um, nuclear, uh, renewable, or even burning bio waste. Um, and there's a lot of uh, a very nice supply and demand mechanic in the game, which is entirely determined by the players. So you sit there and you go, oh, well, uh, these renewable plants just give me energy for free. Fantastic. I just build them and sit in there. But then eventually the price of coal drops really far down and you're like, oh, maybe I should get this very efficient coal plant. Uh, It's always fun um, and always sort of people really dig into it. And I find it is it's not so simple that children could play it, but non-gamers seem to click with it quite well especially um, members of our family are a bit more, um, they're a bit more economically minded, you know, involved in, um, that's one. And the other one's Concordia, which um, I've recently heard described as on Mars, but not as complicated. And that it's been a while, good. we've been a year since we got to play Concordia, but Concordia is like just a really enjoyable game. Um, I, I'm hoping to play it some more uh this christmas which we're going to be playing on um tabletop simulator with people with the family and friends
1: such is life in 2020
0: yes yeah, such is life so it's a roman time set uh economic game and you were uh, you're sort of buying um producing goods in certain cities and then um uh, trying to think about what the other players are doing and stuff. It's
1: You'll have to send me a link because Very this, good. Uh, I, this I, I'll have to.
0: I have I, put myself on the spot because I've suddenly realized I got the box of Concordia sat here and I was like, I'm going to talk about Concordia. And I was like, I've not played Concordia for a while. It's really good, but I cannot go into massive details about what it's like, except it's always a hit with everyone who plays it, two players to four players. It, it's always been an enjoyable time. But I, I, oh, five plays it goes up to, but we've not played five. But I haven't played it since um, last Christmas. Well,
1: you know what it means. It means that we have to play it on a tabletop simulator and then discuss about it.
0: We, we do. I will tell Najik and, and they'll probably want to join as well because Najik loves this game.
3: It's BGG Top 20. <clears>
0: hmm <throat> I, it deservedly so and once you got to grips with it you can play on mars which is the one i my head, brain got scrambled on it because on mars has a lot of concordia elements in it but it's way more complex like what on mars i was gonna i, I would say on the, it's a five on the waiting it's like i've never played a game as heavy as on mars but it's satisfying still concordia that's my other christmas recommendation and we're gonna be playing it this christmas for sure Okay, well, that, I think, brings us through this section, and we're now going to talk about um, the Kingdom Death latest update, the Black Friday update, the giant dump, text and image dump that happens every
3: year. So, okay. Uh, yeah. Alexis, lead us.
1: <laughs> I don't think that we'll go too much into uh, into details about, about everything, because this update is a lot of... Um... Repeat and basically compounding all of the information that we knew about the GC into one big update, uh, but we still have learned a few things, um, and uh, you know that that's something to look forward to, I guess. Uh, the the one thing that I'll say to to try and not be constantly negative for the rest of the update is that while the you know the new content and uh, the stuff that has been added to the GC might be good and looks nice, Uh, I would have rather have had the GC as promised three years ago with the content that was supposed to go into it, which was just a few narrative minis, a couple of new systems that didn't seem to be sprawling monstrosities, uh, rather than wait three years for something that if, uh, you know, it requires a lot of uh, the pods to be working really well if if uh, it's if it works because for uh, for now for example the the sleepers uh, campaign if uh, two of the monsters are bad or if the um, uh, the philosophy system doesn't work or if the pattern system is not really well implemented, then the whole thing might go down and just be a really tedious campaign to play. And there's already a few systems that look like they might be very tedious, like the philosophy system that I really like the idea of, but might be um, a lot of management, or the encounter system, who which might be the very same, The a lot of um, uh, lengthening the, the game time for not a lot of. Uh, reason. Like it could have been just another monster. Hopefully it's good. Hopefully there's a yeah, there's a way to record to the which Hopefully it is thought about making the game off. Uh, less tedious on, on some of the um, uh management and stuff but we'll see how that goes. Uh in, in any case, uh unless you have something to
0: say, Fan or Audrey. I, I do. I, I just wanted to say, um, uh, people who are within my community or uh, will know that I'm in the same position as you. I look. I'm looking right now at the, the list, and on the left, where he's listed everything that was originally promised in the Gambler's Chest, and everything's yeah. now in the Gambler's Chest Expansion. And like, I want stuff on the left. I want. That's what I backed for, and more importantly, that's what I expected to land. And I wouldn't be in this position where what I really want, which is the Abyssal Woods and the Inverted Mountain, isn't still like who knows.
1: Yeah, at least three years away.
0: Yeah, yeah, and. You know that's that's my biggest problem with this is i i wish he'd done what he did in the first kickstarter which is he was struggling with the lantern festival he had a load of ideas he realized that was too much yeah, yeah. He, he he took a 50 dollar expansion and he realized it was going to be this big like 400 hundred dollar brand new game and he had he had the humility and the self-awareness to say i'm not going to do that here's your 50 dollars back i'm sorry uh, I want to do justice to the king and the king's story and the scribe and I'm going to do it properly. But we'll do a new Kickstarter and we'll get some new stuff come in and we'll reprint the old stuff. I like that. I a thought good, it was... It, a yeah.
1: game developer is someone who knows how to kill their babies.
0: Yeah, it was. It was a really well... Uh, respect, I respected that move and I was yeah. like I, I like this. I think it's a shame but I think it's best for the Kickstarter and the game. And the new Kickstarter landed and I was like, fantastic. You've <laughs> you put, 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 and and uh, you know you've shown that you can control yourself and you can be yeah. sensible. And now this has happened, and I'm like, no, uh, this is this is a whole new core game that requires the core game to play. Yeah, this this here itself should have been another Kickstarter happening after all of this. He's uh, got yeah. all these great ideas and everything, but it's just the wrong time for this.
2: Yeah, but should or shouldn't? That's where we are now. And honestly, at some point, I think that the comparison with what the gambler's chest was supposed to contain and the other one next to it, for me, it's like, when I look at my account, this is what enters, this is what leaves, this is the mess that's in between. I take the right of the gambler's chest list, I make minus what's left, and yeah, there's all this in between that got added over three, four years now, almost four. And yeah. that's, that's that's a lot. I, I I got overwhelmed by it actually, seeing all the plastic figures in the update of what was supposed to be there because there wasn't much plastic added actually. But they represent so many, so much gameplay. The king, the croc. There's much gameplay behind it, and wow, that's overwhelming.
1: Yeah, it is uh, the God the God hand too. Um, that's new.
2: Uh, case, I, no. I always think the God Hand is in the Campaigns of Death Kickstarter because, uh, Campaigns of Death uh, item because when there are these big, uh, Black Friday updates, I have to read them, read them again two days later, read them again a week later, and I still don't get half of it because there's so much information packed in there, I don't remember half of it. Yeah. And then this time I could remember the, the updates because I don't know, 60% of it are images that we've seen already, so yeah, I could remember it. But there are still a few things like, yeah, the god hand is in the gambler's chest, but I think they're in campaigns of death. <laughs> it,
1: it's the one good thing about this, well, not the one good thing, but like the, the best thing about this update is that it finally compounds every information about the GC into one update, and... There will definitely be some more content creep and some stuff that we haven't heard of that will, um, you know, come up later. But in the meantime, we have, um, you know, we, at least we have a proper list of everything that's on it. Yeah,
0: I, I feel like you just need to look at one thing to just see what's happened, which is the monster-related bridge cards. We've gone from 112, which would have been cards for the encounters, Adnus, the Gambler and a couple of extra for the flower night that were promised, to 330 plus. <laughs> that, yeah. That's that's triple the size of what's going on. And that is not including all of the additional cards and stuff that's just been added in yeah. on extra. Like, they've gone from 64 gear cards to 200 plus.
2: And like, we have the knowledge cards and the good cards, which hmm. are on the other size. that we don't know. How can I buy my sleeves now?
0: Yes, that's true. That's, that's, a that's good important. Point. I need Cart- my sleeves. I know, I know. I, I keep seeing posts for crop up on Reddit and I get people contacting me directly saying, what size are these God cards going to be? And I, I don't know, you'll have to just buy the Kingdom Death proprietary sleeves until whoever releases some more. I mean, I've got enough problems oh that Fantasy Flight has stopped doing their yep. sleeves. But you know?
2: there's a Paladin sleeves Kickstarter on right now! What am I going to do? I
0: don't know. Um. Nobody knows. It's just <laughs> not enough info. So,
1: let's do a little uh, flyby of the updates, topic by topic. Uh, So, first of all, we have the the delivery timeline, which is uh, the real best bit about this update, is that we finally have something that I feel like I can trust, at least for the GC, you know, that um, we know that the pinups are going to be sent uh, in a first wave, uh, supposedly right now.
2: Yeah, the Australians got their first shipping notification. Apparently,
1: yeah, the 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 miniatures of the the peanuts are great, and I've been lo- waiting for them on a, for a long time. Um, still not sure why they've been delayed this long, since it's only miniatures. But I'm I'm glad that we finally uh, are going to be able to see those, build those um play around with all uh, with the uh, the. Pinup DBK instead of the normal DBK. Um,
0: Kingdom Death Pillow Party.
1: Yeah, exactly. That's that's going to be fun.
0: Yeah.
2: Uh, <laughs> Kingdom Death Orgy in a cupboard. I
1: I think that it's important also to to say that the you know the wave tree has been divided into three uh sub waves with first the the pinups then the GC then the COD. Yeah. Uh, Can I?
0: Can I yeah. can I just say something? I would like to heartily apologize apologize to the community for suggesting that Adam split things in waves because, of course, I should have realized this was going to be a monkey's paw and he would split it and split it and split it and split it.
2: Pin-ups, yeah,
0: yeah. P- pin-ups are great. Um,
1: we something new finally. Exactly, we will have. New, <laughs> Also, the the news about COD that will come later. I'm guessing that it will come somewhere uh, either for Christmas or uh, early January, something like that. I
2: can't wait for that.
1: Yeah,
3: um, I, I, I'm,
1: in, I'm interested by by a campaign of death. Uh, it will definitely w- will ship uh, early 2021, uh, maybe mid 2021. I I cannot see um, Adam delivering.
3: These are. Yeah, these are wild guesses, but I guess that uh, uh, Web 3.1 is delivering now, so it will go on, uh, I think, until February. After that, I think in March, it will begin delivery of the legendary car pack, and that will last a a couple of other months. And after that, uh, in May, there should be the 1.6 core print. After that, there should be in July the the actually the beginning, the fulfillment of whatever 3.2. So the GCE,
1: we'll see how everything will go. That's it's good, just going to be a lot of speculation until we finally have the cardboard in hand.
0: That's I, I believe, like, I, I believe that the pinups are going out. I think the card pack will be on time. Anything yeah. beyond that, I'm not gonna um, take his word for it until we see shipping notes because it's the further you
1: get, the more it. Yeah the, the card pack given how long we've uh, waited for it I'm still not going to believe it's real until I have it in my hands. Yeah same the the legendary card pack is finally going out which is it's, which has been um teased and talked about for like 5 years and it was supposed to come out next month for 5 years now. So yeah. that's good.
0: As an as an aside, I find it amusing that he's taken the name "Legendary Card Pack" for naming it, given that that's what was used to mock the whole situation. It is he try. I don't know if it's like uh, by accident or if he's just decided to try and co-opt this to make it into a positive thing. But I read it, and I'm like, yeah
1: yeah. yeah, yeah. I I do think that he's trying to uh, turn it into a positive, and <sighs> uh, it. It's probably going to be a bit disappointing. Like I'm, I'm expecting for some some nice stuff. For for example, uh, the fact that um, the core monster are going to be less necessary for the for the gear that uh, that we use during lantern, and that it will be easier to sort out the um, the lion and the antelope and just play with um, other monster to replace them. That seems like a, a very good direction to go. To yeah. Go a
0: bit late, but hey. It's- There's a bit of a kick in the teeth in there, though. Um, Losing the stone circle means we lose harvest ritual, uh, unless the screaming antelope's in. That really hurts. Harvest ritual is one of those things that it's the only way you can fix a settlement that's getting screwed on one particular resource. Uh,
1: It's always a mess. So we have the KDM 1.6 that's finally um, that's coming out that will be basically KDM 1.5 plus the content of the card pack which you know that's that's good uh it's good that it's finally being printed a version with the um uh with everything uh, in it uh although there seemed to be a new um uh, a new rulebook uh, That's going to be just for the version Uh, 1.6. Then we have all of the update about the Gambler's chest news. Uh, I I don't think that we're going to go into detail with everything. Because as we said, uh, a lot of it is just going to be... um, you know repeat of the content that we've seen before uh first of all we have uh all of the narrative minis that uh are going to be into it uh finally in plastic yeah. so i think that audrey is very happy about those
2: yeah 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 i i, lo- I, I love
1: that. i love the narratives i'm so much happier about the narrative minis than uh, i am about any armor set i think that they all look really good with uh interesting dynamic uh custom uh custom bases uh, which ones are your favorite? Putting you on the spot there.
2: <laughs> yeah, I love uh, the shadow stalker, the one that's wearing uh sunstalker armor and she's sleeping in the air. And yeah, I think she really has that um uh, dynamic kick that some others have less, and I just love that Yeah,
3: Tough guy, tough guy, the fat guy. <laughs> yes, he
1: looks he looks amazing. I love him. He he's really a uh,
0: yeah, um, I would say, uh, interestingly, I think my favorite, my least favorite, both wear the same armor set, and that's the Magma Masochist. I like uh, she's got a nuclear scythe in uh, dragon armor and she looks incredibly dynamic and um, unusual, and then uh, the champion of the Goblin, who just looks like an armor kit survivor. He, he's my least favorite. I just really dislike. Him. Oh, <laughs> it's, it's it's just an armor kit survivor, but at a, a re-sculpted at a bigger scale. Because You can do that almost that exact pose with the armor kit. The, you know, it's got a nice base.
1: I, my favorite one is the uh, the cockroach queen. Uh, I think that she looks amazing. I, I love the the bug, I love the, the pose. Uh, she has a very, uh, a very fun uh, base too. She's my uh, my different favorite. Then yeah. we have like um, a little highlight of the pattern system. Um, I, I don't have anything to mention that hasn't been mentioned either by fan on his Patreon or, you know, in other places.
0: Yeah, I, I'm just gonna quickly surmise that um the patent system is a interesting system, but it has some real problems with the way it's tied mostly to instinct, although interestingly the Brawhide bandana is just linked to survivalism. It doesn't have the insight trigger on it for some reason. I find the keyword triggers on the pattern stuff to be very inconsistent the gear itself is um the stuff that's been shown here is a bit lackluster but the imitation butcher mask looks interesting
1: yeah we'll have to see how how that works a lot of um a lot of those patterns i i feel don't really seem to be that uh interesting from the one that we've we've seen up to there so
0: yeah. Say that, but there is one Yes,
1: the hypersight visor is great. The
0: hypersight visor is it's forget that it's like a bit kind of genre bending. It's a unique and unusual and incredibly well balanced ability that I think is fantastic. Yeah. It's the kind of interesting thing that should be coming out for the game. For sure, you spend a slot to improve the quality of your resources.
3: Yeah, actually, the pattern system anyway is very interesting. So I hope that the padding cards works work like the negative facting cards or the positive disorders. So they are there just to not making to make to keep stuff interesting with some of randomness. Yeah but of course the, the the right bandana is of course less than a aroi's deadband. so it will be your third choice the, actually the
1: ability is also uh, really not that great like even if it didn't uh, if it didn't use the aroi's bandana if it was just something that you can craft i don't think
0: i would ever use it um no, it's 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 just wrong for the way that the game is played in that period because Rawhide is a crit set. It
1: doesn't even work with Rawhide, it doesn't work with no. um a dagger specialization, it doesn't synergize no. with any of the elements that are on it. It's just really weird.
0: It's really odd because yeah. this is Bright Eyes um pattern and she's a dagger.
1: Yeah, and, and it, re- it requires a dagger specialist too, which makes yeah. no sense because it doesn't synergize with daggers at all. Anyway, no. uh, we have the scout system, which this is something that I'm really happy to see. I'm really happy to finally have news. I'm really happy about the way it seems to work. I, I love the, the smaller um, the smaller gig grid. Uh, I think that this is going to be a lot of fun to play with uh, and I'm looking forward yeah.
3: to it. Oh. As Fan pointed out, anyway, that's the EV keyword on the equipment, which will work only if the scout is not considered a returning survivor. I actually love the idea of a two by two gear grid, which could help in a pinch. Yeah. and the and, cipher rival thing is also very very smart to do, to, to do and implement. Yeah, you
1: will also have to balance I guess uh scout gear and actual uh combat gear in case you want to to have them uh into the fight in a pinch. I I think this is, this yeah. is going to be really interesting to play with and that's probably one of the the best new content from the GC. Yeah. Um Then we have the Encounter. I don't think that there's anything to say about the Encounter. It came out uh, a while ago and it's just the exact same.
0: uh... I think the shame here is that it was interesting when there was going to be two different encounters.
1: The fact that there's just going to be one means that it's going to be a lot of repeat for the next three years. (laughs)
0: yeah yeah it's 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 a shame i uh, that's like as much as i like the smog thing as i do think it kind of sucks that now we're only getting one encounter yeah um you know showcase your system have two different variants of it
2: at it's... least we could have seen a bit more about the plastic tooling for the encounter uh giant. oh yeah i, I would yeah,
0: have still the resin prints yeah yeah,
2: yeah.
1: I would have loved to see a little bit of the process. Uh, on a completely uh, strange news, after I said that you would not, would not uh, do any content creep anymore, we now have the Wanderer system uh, added to the GC, uh, and uh, three new uh, miniatures that are just thrown in and not on the original list, uh, with Lucky as a Wanderer. I luck, sorry, not lucky, I really like that. I'm really, really
0: happy. I like it. I feel like there should have been shop content. Yeah,
1: it it should have been shop content, but uh, I'm happy that we're finally seeing what the wandering system will look like. Uh, I like the the way that it's introduced. Um, Seems like it's going to be fun.
3: Also because uh, actually wanderers and philosophies, if they work, they will uh, lend themselves to be shop content in the future.
1: Uh, definitely, they, they will be easy to, to use to introduce new white boxes.
3: Um,
1: yeah, uh, we we definitely will have one with the, the ley line, uh, the blacksmith, the archivist, and the uh, plague mask is the doctor or something,
0: the plague doctor?
3: The doctor, yeah. the main
0: doctor. Wep- weaponsmith, not blacksmith. We- weaponsmith, my bad. Um, yeah, the champion weaponsmith. She's the um, weaponsmith who was trained by the Cyclops Knight. Yeah, that that looks um, that looks good. We'll have
1: to to see what's up with that. I guess.
3: Yeah. Fun fact: the 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 male doctor is basically the one miniature that was never reprinted or sold again after the first uh, the first run oh. on the shop. That's interesting because I'm trying to buy one uh, for ages now. <laughs>
1: Okay, well, if I ever see one on uh, on eBay or something, I will uh, uh Oh, pick I get it. Um, we, we also know that there's two new Floral Knight cards, but we are still not sure what they will be. Uh, I don't think that the Floral Knight can be fixed with two new AI cards. Um, I'm in uh, agreement. Yeah, I,
3: I have no yeah, idea. Problem. Unless one is the stats. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Even the stats just wouldn't do it. The, the the idea of the flower Knight fight is an interesting one. But the um, way luck but works, turns out that it doesn't work within the framework of the game yeah. at all. Uh, it, it just played yeah, in the broken fashion. Yeah,
3: it's very interesting to have a luck based uh, showdown. But basically, the entire game makes uh, gaining luck uh, and builds uh, around luck uh, too powerful to actually work. Yeah.
0: Well, what was needed to do was basically the you need luck tokens to be able to overcome the power of the parry and break through the flower Knight's defenses but the rest of the locations punish you for crits so you have you, you'll you're looking at it of like, okay, well, if I get lots of luck tokens on one or two characters, yeah. then they can handle that section, oh, and the others can the yeah. others, and you have kind of a back and forth on the feeling like the fight and the flower knight on two different offenses there. Oh, yeah. um, spending this luck
1: token and having to try and um, you know, yeah. like a, a, in, in some way having a back and forth there.
0: Is needed yeah uh, you should not have a monster that you can take four survivors without weapons <laughs> in and then they can punch it to death yeah
1: <laughs> e- even the the lion level one will just hack you to two pieces if you do that yeah um yeah. then we have the uh, the new monster from the gc so the crimson croc the gambler the, the song uh singers at the king and god uh we know basically nothing about the King and God uh so I don't think that it's worth talking about them. Uh neither Not the gambler. Really?
0: No. The the
1: King Gamble- the King we might have a, a word about it at mm. some point because Yeah.
0: The Gambler we know is just gonna be um it's it's, it's gonna play like the Watcher. Not mechanically but it's yeah. sitting the same it, role as the Watcher in the campaign. Yeah it's going
1: to be a one of fight. So I Lanternier twenty I would I would love if there was more fight with the Gambler because uh the Watcher I feel can't really uh <laughs> joke, joke intended breathe uh with only one fight it needs a couple more to to like take its wing uh the, the crimson croc really happy about the um, the change on the the weapons uh the weapon look
0: um the rest is stuff everything about the crimson croc is the high point of the gambler's chest yeah, yeah.
2: i had to laugh at the uh, paint writing though but, yeah, he was right to remake the art.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. The, this is one of those things where it's like, that is fine to procrastinate on, because this first lot of art looks like it's out of a generic World of Warcraft game or something, just a generic fantasy game. <coughs> <whereas> the stuff. <king's... coughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, where new stuff looks like um, uh, like Kingdom Death stuff. Yeah. And also, it's nice to actually see the... Um, how they lay the stuff out for printing which turns out to be the same way that the community lays the stuff out for printing but hey
1: yeah i i like the the way that everything seems to to look with the with the croc um we also got some news about the smoke singer equipment uh very happy about it it looks like it's going to be a, a bard or like um uh, hunting-on type style where you can attack and, and use songs to boost other player. Uh, KDM always needed more support equipment, and this seems to be it. So.
3: Oh, it yeah. also looks like you will fight uh, three SmogSkinkers smog at once in the shot on board.
0: Yeah. Yep. yeah yeah uh, definitely i mean it, it feels like he's, he started work on the they started work on the encounter system and sorry on the this encounter for the encounter system and then went oh uh, we need another um set of monsters for this campaign let's uh these ones are working quite well let's promote them up and expand on their gear yeah
1: see seems like uh like it's definitely what's what's going on there uh, i i feel like there's some kind of like um siren type uh ID there yep. like it, it kind of looks like the the siren l- um luring the the survivor and trying to make them sing um i i like the yeah, fact that we'll they weaponize seen. guilt
3: i i don't know i, I don't trust the stuff which uh, tricks you into guilt
1: yeah uh m- maybe uh butchering them they are making, yeah maybe butchering them and making cool uh, looking armors out of them is is the right way to go
0: yeah, well, you'd have to go through a lot of emotional breakdowns.
1: <laughs> um, then we have a co- yeah, techless. Uh,
3: no, yeah, actually, the the very cool part about the gear shown, I think that is that uh, with Crimson Croc, you have gear which works on bleeding mechanics, and it works by renewing itself. And Hornet is actually. Uh, a uh, solid mechanic. It is all that the phrase should have been. Uh. Also, there's the there's the fact with a uh, with the smog singer's equipment that we actually have supports which just do buffs to survivors in a very consistent way, and while they sing, they can keep singing. So that's a very interesting new level of play and new depth. Yeah, uh,
1: the the problem with Hound is that it makes weapon, um, you know, kind of useless if you if you use them wrong. Uh, I I'm not sure if I really uh, would ever bring a weapon like if it's around uh, weapon crafted here. Uh,
3: I don't think I would ever bring those out. Uh, yeah. You remember that you could have weapons someplace during down the line.
1: Yeah, yeah, m- maybe, but we, you know, that's that's one gear to put in your in your grid. It just yeah. feels like if if it's five and it's early and you might lose it, that works. If it's a strength five and you know you try to bring it against a level two and it just breaks, then you're you know basically out of a weapon. Yeah.
0: The way it's going to work is the way that the community have used Frail, which is Frail yeah. is completely irrelevant because players do not let Frail trigger. Exactly. So these weapons, depend on their cost, are either going to be underpowered or overpowered. There's no in-between with this kind of mechanic. It's an all-or-nothing thing, with the exception of the Bloodglass Longsword, because you can repair I... your own edge I... when you break it, so you're not encouraged to be super careful with that. Instead, you go at it, it you break the the edge... And then you get a bleeding token and fix yeah, it. Yeah, I, I like. I think it the longsword is really good. The longsword is is well designed. That, that should uh, actually have like,
1: been like a basic uh, version of hunt, you know, that you yeah. you spend one to to repair it. Yeah. yeah. Um, you spend a, a blood token to repair it. Anyway, we we have Atnas there. I don't have anything special to say about Atnas. We can see like a couple no. of B B uh, cards. They're not special. There was.
0: A lot, a lot. Not, not really any kind of information there. Atnes feels like just a creature of hype and he has been hyped up for a long time. It, it, um,
1: it might be a very fun fight. I I believe it will be just uh there's yeah. no information there. Yeah, yeah, there
2: no, that... a... Honestly, Atnas is one of the fights that in my opinion would be perfectly fine for a vignette. Yeah. You have Definitely. a fight, you have the primate survivors, and that's your Christmas fight that you do.
0: I think that is a really good point and I hadn't thought of it before. And yes, absolutely. Yeah, that, yeah that's it, a very This would have been great as a, a, a seasonal Christmas release with four festively dressed survivors <laughs> uh, versus Atnas and then yeah. maybe some way of incorporating him into a campaign Yeah, uh, a la it, the uh, Giga Lion. It, yeah,
1: it, definitely. it definitely seems more like a, a sort of like additional festive content rather than the building block of a proper campaign.
2: But maybe we will get the law that fits it. I, I don't. Yeah. We don't.
1: I mean, know. we we don't know. We'll see. Um, we can see that the law we
0: do know is um that he's the storms master.
1: Yeah. And then we have uh the king uh still not showing any new um resculpt. Uh, Fan, do you think that there there might be a um resculpt coming? I,
0: I don't. Th- I, I don't know. I. My opinion is that the model and I own two copies, no, three copies of this
1: model. <laughs> 50% of the right, supply. The
0: br- <laughs> <laughs> I own the res, one of the resin ones and I own two of the plastic ones. The plastic one, which was due to be in the Lantern Festival has to be retooled. There's no argument about that. Um, its It's got very poor uh, quality yeah. in respect to the crispness of the details. It's got a lot of forming and distorting and you have to do a great deal of work. The- so I think it needs to be at least retooled.
1: That it will but definitely I, be.
0: I genuinely think it needs to be rescaled as well because when you put it down next to the stuff that's coming out, it looks kind of weedy. Like Compared to the Giga Lion, it doesn't have that same... Feel that's coming on with the newer stuff, even likes to say the nightmare lion and nightmare, nightmare, lion, nightmare RAM. Um, so personally, I, I think it's at the very least needs a scan, a size up, and a bit of retouching electronically. Um, but you know, at a minimum, it's definitely got to be retooled because they cannot be putting out the sprue as it was.
1: Yeah, the, the retooling that I'm pretty sure will happen. Uh, I am, I'm curious about the. Uh, if, if the minis will see uh, a change in, in size, because it does look kind of punny. When I when I first mm-hmm. bought uh, mine, which I'm pretty sure is um, a recast rather than an official one.
0: It's, if it's in resin, it probably yeah, is a recast. Exactly. Yeah, exactly.
1: Um, but next to a survivor, it just looks so small. Um, mm-hmm. Next to a, a modern one. Uh, like from the Echoes of Death, for example, it just looks... Um, not that imposing.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe this is all an elaborate troll, and the whole point of these kings is they are a bit weedy and pathetic. Yeah,
1: yeah. Maybe Who knows? We'll uh, we'll have to see how all things go, and if the law is uh, makes any sense.
0: I I, I doubt that though. Yeah. Adam is is deliberately trying to hype this up as much I, as possible. Adam
1: is showing something that he never usually shows, uh, and I'm very happy to see. Is that he shows all of the process to create the new uh, armor set and they all look incredibly cool and amazing and i would love to see them on my table and then he picks the worst one (laughs) (laughs) i i i I do not like the death king armor set
0: no the the death king armor set looks to me like a cross between um a a bunch of cosplayers uh, berserk cosplayers who've fallen into a Sony speaker shop yeah
1: it doesn't look at all like the king it doesn't look like the rest of the Kingdom Death stuff, it just... Doesn't look great.
0: I, I, uh, there's a couple of king's coins, and the rib section that has some echoes of the king, but yeah. everything else on it doesn't doesn't say to me this is armor made from the, the king at all. And the
1: thing is that a lot of those armor set that uh, Adam shows up kind of look like stuff inspired by the king in yellow, uh, or some yeah. yeah some really cool uh, ID for an armor set that would come from uh, trench coat's babies.
0: I, I really wish that um that, that this the image of all of the various uh, ideas was way, way bigger because there's Yeah, so I want to see them high quality. Them. Um, I I absolutely <laughs> love the one the, the, the male and female, the bottom left corner, yep. the male has a hammer made out of uh, or an axe made out of a, a giant face, and the those two just scream the king. To yeah,
1: them they, they would they else. would be the best armor sets uh, coming out of it, and yeah. I would love them.
3: I have. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. No, no. I, I Adam justified that uh, by saying that that is a set made to slay a king, not made out of parts of the king. But I, I don't know if this is actually how it will uh, pan out and uh, anyway yes it, it has a kind of of vibe from gurren Lagan. <laughs> i think they uh, yeah it, it looks like the the, spy, the, the 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 costumes they get with the spirals and all the stuff
1: yeah i i think that it's one of the things that i really like about kingdom death is that every single armor set looks kind of primitive and even the the best looking ones like the the lantern uh, stuff you know that it was made by like breaking lanterns and and putting the parts together to try and make a defensive uh, armor this yeah. looks this looks like um you know uh ages in advance uh,
0: yeah well we'll see the same thing with screaming god armor which looks way different from anything that comes before it yeah
1: uh, we'll have to see the the progression for those, and if if it feels justified. Obviously, it's kind of hard to tell without having the the thing coming out yet. But I don't know. I I don't like the armor. I think that the weapon look, uh, you know, very warmer here. Uh,
0: I I feel the weapons at least echo um, the the look of the king to yeah. a fair degree.
1: I I, I like the weapon look but i feel that they're a little bit too um uh beautiful for kingdom death yeah but maybe maybe we find the weapon or maybe we uh conjure them or something we'll have
0: to see who knows i'm looking right now at the overthrow of the axe and actually you're right it looks like a dwarf um battle (laughs) (laughs) right exactly like yeah i see that um yeah and the, the whip looks like it's made out of a selection of speakers put together. <laughs> the to subjugator. Uh, I'm I'm happy to see more whips though. I gotta I gotta give, say that yeah. there needs to be more more whips in Kingdom es- Death, especially
1: since given the rest of the um, uh, the rest of the king's uh, gear, that whip will probably have some proper strength. So yeah. Hey, uh, then we have no information about the gambler, but I love the process of the. Um, the manufacturing of it. Uh, I think it's great to see the Michelangelo, uh, Leonardo da Vinci type uh, process of the sculpture. Uh,
0: I think there's one thing as well that's just worth noting is I like the gaming gazebo art. I want to know oh, yes. what this game they're playing is.
3: Yeah, those are the legs of the gambler of course, so don't look up. <laughs>
0: Well, I mean, they're bound to look up. You know what they're like.
3: Yeah.
0: They're going to look up and consider whether they should punch it or tear it off.
1: Then we have no information about Godhands. And that's it for the uh, for the new monster. Then we have the philosophy system. I, I'm one of the person that is interested by the um, the philosophy system. I like the idea of having a law filled little booklet that you, you can... Look at. I have no idea how any of it will pan out. Uh, it kind of feels like you will exchange the the cognitive cognition for uh, knowledge cards at some point and have a little boost. That seems to only affect the cognitive co- uh, cognition thing. That's like a a sort of a you know we have the the philosophers. Um, what is it called? Um the senatorium where where they discuss and exchange philosophy and maybe we'll progress there. I have no idea how any of this will will pan out.
0: Yeah, for me that's why I'm not super excited by it, because it's been a- around for so long and um you know, it's been pushed i can't remember it feels like forever it's been like talked about now um was it two years years ago ago. he said he rolled that by three years ago yeah and and yet still a lot of people like i don't really i don't really know i don't know what it's going to be like i don't know and that's that feels bad to be this far in with and still looking at that and going i don't know I yeah,
1: I like the fact that we have a booklet and that we'll have a lot of lore and information about the world inside of that booklet. Uh, I'm always happy to see more writing in the game because there's, um, there's kind of a, a vacuum uh, about that. And I'm sure that there's going to be a lot of really interesting uh, information uh, in there. Um, yeah. Not that big of a fan of the evolving uh, fighting arts thing i don't know if it's no.
0: legacy stuff um i i uh, the the one that we had access to so far the um, yeah story of blood i think it yeah. is in the um uh the 10th anniversary white speaker it's fiddly and awkward and not particularly fun to play with or use it, to be honest is it legacy um it's a strain unlock, and then it upgrades while that survivor has it. And then when you get it again, I think it's only upgraded during that campaign.
1: Okay, so where do you yeah. fill it? the The little box in the it directly you, on the sheet. Think,
0: I don't know. Yeah, I think you have to draw a little sheet on your survivor. We'll, box. we'll have so to see are going to get new. Um... Uh,
1: I I do like the the way the um, the mirror eye uh, knowledge fighting out looks though. Um, the, the look of it and the um, the abilities where you you need to uh, match your gear grid together in some ways.
0: It's a fun idea, but the more I think about it, I'm like, how is this going to work the, in practice? There will have
1: to be more more gear. You
0: you need an armor set that sits in a in inverted well, T or a T. Well, the you know, for...
1: um the interesting thing is that this is um. This works with the butcher. It gives torment the same way that the uh, mask gives you. So we, you will have the both cleavers, and probably somewhere the the butcher imitation set is probably um, uh, as probably like a double bits in it.
0: I don't know. That feels a bit weird. The butcher is not really a bug. Yeah, but it does work with something.
1: torment, which is something that's introduced into the um, the butcher set.
0: Yeah we don't know if Torment's positive or negative that's
1: a good question
3: that's... there is Torment and looming, yeah. and there's stuff, this stuff has uh, icons which one could guess they are the the, the white ball and the white, the white hexagon or they are possibly the same with low resolution, I don't know they are shown in some cards but I don't know to what they correspond So
1: we'll, we'll have to see uh, when we finally get those in in a year or so yeah i love the all of the pictures that they show with the the fields of Fido. um
0: it feels like adam had his artists play <laughs> disco elysium and said copy that because yes. so many of these yes. just feel like they're lifted from disco elysium <laughs> and then given a kingdom death spin
1: yes that that very much feels that way uh and that's it then we we have just a little bit notion about how the campaign will work and the uh the timeline
0: i yeah I, yeah I got to say, the timeline is one of the things I'm, I, I've am dig through, and I'm there's a few things that I consider either disappointments or red flags, or at least points of concern. So, first of all, this is another 30-year timeline. Yeah. And I think I think the biggest problem that the core game has, and uh, this is something that um it took me a while to sort of internalise, there's no introductory campaign. There's no here's a 10-lantern year campaign, play through this, and then get people of the lantern, and that just it's a huge thing to ask for players who are first playing the game to get through. Now, sure, they're going to lose and die around Lantern year three or five or six or whatever the first few times they play. But it it just these short campaigns are the kind of things we really want to see. Yeah, that that was the most
1: interesting bit about Hmm. uh, Campaign of Death, for example.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so I looked at this and went, oh, another 30 year campaign, because I'll be honest, I, I start to mentally check out around twenty years in yeah. Lantern, uh, and w- I don't. I'm worried that this is going to be the same the same experience here, where it's just. I think that's one it, of
1: the reason why people like uh, people of the stars and people of the sun so much yes. more, because there's a lot of it's a lot quicker to to deal with. Even even it's if quicker. it's only a few years quicker, it just goes faster mm. and.
0: There's, there's also a big feeling of escalation yeah. in both of the ends of those campaigns. They really feel like you're building up to something. Yeah. The events of, of stars. That, that's a whole other problem of for uh,
1: Lenton. Yeah. And I feel yeah. like it won't happen in, in um uh, Sleepers because at the very least in this time, it seems like it was built towards that. Uh... It,
0: it it does. But that that's my first concern is another 30-year campaign. The other one is it doesn't feel like there's a way to put any additional monsters into this yeah it's very easy if you look at the sheet it's saying uh we've got up to level six quarry monsters none of the existing monsters have any way to go up to level six ah, but so... that's why
1: you get a uh, campaign of death six months yeah, afterwards
0: but... <laughs> Exactly. That's a real kick in the teeth, if that's what happens. That that kind of sucks. Um. So And I'm looking at this, and it has the same problem. There's one major problem that crops up time and time again with the Kingdom Death timelines, and that is, what on earth are you doing after Lantern Year 12 up until Lantern Year 20 with regards to your quarry monsters? Sometimes, maybe you've got some bits and pieces you want to get, and so you can kind of eat things out a little, or you're like, Hunter, Level 3. I hope that The level four five and six is a revelation revolutionary enough that you are brought on to wanted to fight them again oh let's fight the level four crimson croc because we're going to upgrade our armor yeah and that will step i really
1: hope that that there's a new level of armor
0: that's the problem that that brings me to the other sort of problem if he was planning to do that really should say it and not saying it in there is a failure Uh, a big failure to just kind of leave this hanging gap of question and so we are left speculating on something that could make or break the experience because as i say if lantern i think had two more quarry monsters that cropped up in the teens uh, um or one that cropped up in node 4 quite late on like the way the king does here i would be like yes okay this feels quite complete yeah. but there, um,
1: there is a, a 13 years gap between the introduction of the phoenix and the introduction of the the king and i feel that's really way too long uh, it is, the king should have been is. um you know lion god level of power and introduced around year 14 or something that would have at least filled those years a little bit well I mean, it, that
0: was unfortunately yeah. never going to no that, happen, that but... wasn't
1: going to happen but i just mean like i just mean like there should have been a monster there
0: it does feel like there's a, a large gap yeah. and um and I agree uh, as I say though it could be our concerns are solved by the level 4 5 and 6s of the earlier game monsters being um being designed to fill the gap and provide yeah. gear and more progression but I will say I, I, they need to have some major reworking like something clever done because fighting a level 3 say white lion doesn't feel that much different to fighting level 2 yeah and there's a whole load of this in, in the core game, Monsters, where, like fighting the Drank King, level 1, level 2, level 3, it doesn't really change. feel like a different fight. Uh, it still targets in the same the way. The Gorm is just the only one escalate. that I can
1: think that really changes from one level to another. The level
0: enough. 3 Dung Beetle Knight has a big shift in behavior. Um,
1: because no, of how Burrow changes. In, in my experience, it has a shift in difficulty, but uh, I've never, I haven't felt really the uh i i've only fought it uh level three like five times maybe so maybe that's not enough but well, well, it, it feels for me draw. at
0: least for, for me at least yeah there's a big difficulty spike but the way it behaves with burrow kind of does feel like a a change in the the the, the way that you have to yeah. approach the fight uh, um it, it's yeah. it's a significant change done with
3: a small card is what i mean yeah, yeah. there uh the the
1: yeah. gorm is the you know the best
3: example there
1: mm. ooh. And we.
3: The Gorm is unique in every level. Yeah. We have
0: a surprise here. Hi, David.
4: Hey, how's it going? Hello. Uh,
0: it's all right. We were just talking about um, the concerns over what's going to happen with the level 4, 5, and 6 versions of monsters within the Gambler's Chest.
4: Oh, yeah. That's, that's kind of interesting. Yeah, I'm wondering how they will improve those... Uh, Or like, introduce those levels. Yeah,
1: we were saying that what's really needed is um, a new armor set uh, at this level, or some new gear to give you a reason to to fight them at that point.
3: yeah probably the 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 pure resources or the locked behind level resources will give you the late game armor sets or something like that and hopefully. possibly they will keep kings uh, they they will keep things interesting here yeah, for a while
1: hopefully um i i feel like if they take uh inspiration from the, the Gorm, it will be a lot more
3: uh, a lot better yeah. Yeah, actually the, the Gorm feels very different at every level, and uh, they did a perfect job in uh, conveying the Gorm being of a different age.
1: Yeah, That's, uh, the, the Gorm is definitely the, the gold standard of Kingdom Death, in my opinion.
3: <laughs> yeah, I, I I began to despise it because <laughs> once you find the few the, the, the few couple of things that make the the, the encounter trivial, you stop paying attention because uh, you can't unsee stuff. It's like the lion knight when you find that you can just make it run uh, back and forth uh, and target it from the distance. Uh, the, the the showdown is done and solved so even if you decide to not use that you cannot unsee that
1: yep I definitely uh I definitely get what you
3: mean here um okay uh fan is back and I think we are here yeah um
1: is there anything else that we wanted to mention in the the timeline?
3: Oh, actually, that there is uh, true craftsmanship to introduce, uh, I guess, uh, the pattern system. There is uh, the scouts uh, of that being introduced by a milestone. And uh, that aside, you fight the gambler at lantern near 20. So it looks a lot like the Watcher.
1: Um, Yeah, it's it's going to be uh, probably somewhat similar in that regard. Uh, we'll have to see. The garden is not on the timeline, so I'm guessing that the uh, the same way that um... oh no, it, it is on the timeline. My bad. Yeah, um, it's Lantanir yeah.
3: thirty. <laughs> so. So that's <laughs> it. Yeah. OK. And he's posting pictures. I'm just memeing a bit. <laughs>
0: yeah. Uh, sorry. Um, yeah, well, David, did you have anything? Uh, did, 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 sorry, I was AFK because I have to tend the fire occasionally to keep it warm in here. Um, David, did you have any overall thoughts on the gambler's chest? Anything you'd like to
4: add? Yeah, I'm li- really, I hope that the scout uh, system will fix those uh, wall of one and the dive moments a bit. So, and maybe like a little bit of randomness now, you know, I hope that smooths the curve a bit.
1: Yeah, hopefully, um, hopefully they will uh, give a couple more, um, you know, ways to, to fix that. Like, for example, the way that they can replace uh, another survivor during the hunt, if someone dies or something, that's, um, I think that's good.
4: I mean at the same time it uh, it's also a bit more risky because if you ac- actually like lose the showdown uh, your stuff won't return it seems like Yeah.
1: Well uh we'll have to see how all of that pans out once everything comes out.
0: Yeah. We will. We'll have to just see how it goes. I mean that's the the important thing's now that he sticks to the timeline that's been given here. Um, and uh, restore some faith in the community and overall. I, I think the Gambler's Chess could be quite make or break. Um, it didn't have to be. It could have just been a bunch of Kickstarter extras. Yeah, And we'd have all had it by now and be very happy. But it's been bloated and... up into being a big thing. And it's, it's going to be judged based on yeah, this. It,
1: it would have been very low expectation. If it w- had just been like a couple of new system, um, the encounters and the narrative... You know, the, we would have judged the encounters a little bit, but everything else is just plug and play, would have been plug and play. And, uh, oh, you know, this, this suits me, this doesn't suit me, who cares? It's whatever. Here, yeah. everything has to fit together, otherwise everything breaks, so.
4: What, what I really hope is the, that Wave 4, like, includes those optional systems, but, like, really as an optional system, would be like really bad if you would be forced to use like the, the philosophy system, yeah. even if you don't want to use it and you can only play it, like certain ex- uh, expansions way Wave 4, when you use that system, that would be bad. Yeah, it,
1: it's one thing to have interaction between expansions. It's another thing to have a requirement within a $350 expansion. <laughs>
0: that's about all we have time for here. So I'd like to say this is the last episode for 2020. Uh, we hope you have a good holidays and a good new year. We'll be returning early next year in January to continue with our twice monthly release schedule. Uh, and from myself and everyone else, I'd just like to say have a great time, have a happy holidays, and you can catch us on our various social media at... Alexis?
1: Um on Twitter at uh, AlexiM4AS. Uh, and I wish all of you a happy
0: new year. Alessio? Uh,
3: yeah, it's techless uh, everywhere with a three instead of the he and happy holidays. Audrey?
2: Yeah, you can find me as uh, Millennia underscore minis on Instagram. And I wish you all very happy and safe holidays.
0: You can catch David. On Reddit and in the various discords under Captain Yar with three R's. And you can catch myself uh, under Fenpaints at Instagram and Patreon. Uh, so uh, that's it from us. And have a great time. Everybody say goodbye. goodbye. Happy Bye. Happy holiday. Bye. Bye. Bye.